0: hey y'all welcome to the third episode of the one Chit wonder board gaming podcast uh today we are going to try something a little bit different we finished the second to last mission of descent and we're gonna talk a little bit about that and some of the issues that we realized that even from our last podcast about it which was not even a month ago uh some stuff came up we're gonna talk about that And we're going to try something new and have a little short topic discussion about solo gaming. So, uh, first thing that we noticed, our play of Descent today, while still being extremely fun, I think we kind of ran into some weird player scaling issues. Yeah, it
1: was pretty evident, I think.
0: Yeah, so today's scenario was just, it felt impossible. And some of the stuff that we really liked about the first 15 scenarios, I guess, like the sense of discovery and trying to find your own way. Man, I don't know what it was about this particular one, but the game gave us no guidance and gave us no clear path of victory. Like, mm-hmm. we were forced to enter this dungeon and we had to choose basically between a left and right turn. Yep. We chose left. That was not the right decision, yeah. which we doubled back. And because we play on heroic mode, like, every three or four turns, the enemy scales to get stronger. And we basically wasted at least three rounds moving around the left side of the map. And the
1: problem was that the, the enemies are spawning new enemies every three to four oh rounds. My gosh. So, and these enemies, we, with how leveled up we are, or under-leveled maybe even, we couldn't really take out an enemy per turn anyway. So then we started, start, the enemy spawns are outpacing us.
0: Yeah, so that kind of got me and Johnny thinking about some of the stuff that maybe is more evident, which is actually kind of cool too, because like before the podcast, I don't think I would have ever thought this much about it, Mm -hmm. but because now we're in a position where someone might be listening to the podcast and they listen to the first episode and they're like, huh, maybe I'll give Descent a try. Listen to this episode first before you buy Descent. We have to go back and add a disclaimer to
1: episode one. Oh, that's a good idea.
0: (laughs) So like, don't get me wrong. I still... Had a fantastic time playing Descent. Like it's been extremely fun. We talked about having like a truly premium experience here with the projector, the painted minis. Like we made a thing of it. It's been great. Mm -hmm. But now we looked at the scaling issues and I am looking back at all the missions that we failed. Yeah. And I wonder if we have the worst case scenario of any kind or worst situation for any campaign game Which is cascading failure, but you have, uh, you get to still progress through the story. Mm -hmm. And since, like, you know, the difference between this versus Arkham, where Arkham, you know, you play six, what, six to nine scenarios? Right. We have to play 16 scenarios, and if the cascading failure is starting from scenario one, like, how much does it affect scenario 15? Like, could we have done better if we did better in the early ones?
1: Yeah. Because the problem with two players is, like, whenever... you If you focus on one character, which is great, like Bryn, like, we can we pretty much complete all your feats, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But all the other characters, they still get the same amount of XP, but we're not completing the secondary tasks with the feats, unlocking new skills and everything, so the selections are more limited. And loot drops are always going to be random, too, so I don't think that plays as much as a factor in the scaling issue, but you can tell comparably, like the most played characters are much more well leveled and then but the game forces you into using different characters for different scenarios. So when you're using a character that you play maybe two times out of 15 times, it's they're going to feel drastically underpowered and you're not as
0: familiar with them as well. Dude, I think you're absolutely spot on because like if we were playing at three players, the odds of us having two solid like leveled right. up characters and then one yeah. one character limping along would be better. Uh, three people playing the entire campaign will have three heroes that are all similarly leveled up. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder if the optimal player count for this game is three, three people. Yeah, because we did win the one
1: time that we played at three. And yeah. And that was out...
0: also probably one of the most fun games too because yeah. obviously whenever you play like a co-op dungeon crawler, the more people that play, the better. Especially when you add
1: the role-play element too. When we had yeah. Tyler that one time.
0: Yeah, but also, you know, I think about playing this game at four players and i'm just like man the downtime while not terrible because yeah, it's still one yeah two actions yeah you're you're literally like spending 300 percent more downtime mm-hmm. than it is at two right rather like you know it's just it seems like a lot
1: yeah but like we were saying with this game or this this mission specifically with four players it might yeah her rug probably would felt more doable because when we had that fork in the road we probably would have split two and two in different directions. Also true. But the game condition is after last time. Like, <laughs> do not split up. So we made it a mission to stick close to each other.
0: Yeah. That's actually like another crazy thing too with this particular mission. And just so if anyone's listening that it's actually playing Descent right now, we're talking about the mission 15. And not to put too many spoilers if you want to fast forward a minute or two just to make sure... Uh, we were put in a situation where we tried to complete a task that forced us in two directions. And if we did play a four-player game, it I would, think we could have... It would have been the optimal move. That would have been split. optimal. And also the enemies would have split too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the way that the game scales, I still don't know for sure because we've never played yeah. four players. Three players, I don't even think that the enemies really scaled that differently. Yeah. So I think that... Someone out there who is like you know more equipped than us to actually play a higher account game and compared to a two player, it would be interesting to know what the scaling is like for the bad guys if they come out at a higher frequency, mm-hmm. or maybe they come out with more H P or more damage off the bat. And yeah, more I don't damage know.
1: still is would be a poor scaling decision, I think. Oh yeah, for sure. Because we we thought we were playing X or H P wrong. We're like maybe like because we the HP has been static minus a few um, upgrades through our armor and card abilities, but the enemies are one hitting us after what like nine rounds of. The oh game? Yeah. yeah, like
0: we were they were cracking us for like thirteen and fourteen and yeah, and yeah. my
1: character has seven HP. Like I can maybe get some armor and get me to eight. Dudley's <laughs> 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 at ten. Yeah,
0: and I'm the tank. Yeah, so it's just like yeah, it's you know the podcast made me really look at this in a different light especially cuz of today's mission right. which i still can't believe it's like i would never have made these connections i never had to make these connections yeah but the complete lack of player health scaling plus the scaling of the monsters like linearly as well as maybe a suboptimal player count i mm-hmm. think that leads a lot of criticism i have to give to the game right i still enjoyed it tremendously like it's been really fun to play mm-hmm. with you but i think that if you are playing with two players maybe it doesn't quite get as strong of a recommendation as i would have given it like two episodes ago two episodes ago and like don't get me wrong the game is still super fun the mechanics are great yeah. the accessibility is great the role playing is fun and silly and it's really lighthearted. But if you are playing specifically at two, it might not be the best option. Mm-hmm. Would I, Would I, knowing this, would I go through it again with you? Absolutely. 100%. No doubt in my mind that I would replay all of this again if I had known what we know now. Yeah. But I do think that the optimal experience is three players, heroic, and I think if you can achieve that, I think that's the perfect middle well, ground.
1: Let me bridge this question a little bit like i in the back of my mind i keep thinking like i enjoy heroic and it's super hard and like and you know we've, we've actually you know we've won some so it makes me think it's doable True. at two players but the game is modular because you can it's it's app-based so you can adjust the difficulty like have you considered even like bumping it down to normal and see if it's hard
0: absolutely not no way <laughs> yeah. see, i not...
1: thought about it but i figure dudley was like yeah no
0: we're i i like it I like difficult co ops. If the game's not difficult, then like, what am I even playing for? Yeah. Because like, if the narrative was better, you know, like we're talking like kind of like a uh, Ryan Lockett type game where you're not really faced with really hard decisions, but you're playing for the story. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, like, the story's not that great. Like, I'm here for the for the puzzle and the uh, sense of tension, as you mm-hmm. know that the longer you take to complete your objectives, the stronger the enemies are going to get. Mm-hmm. But I if I lost that playing on the normal mode, I don't think it'd be nearly as fun.
1: Yeah, but the, do we think the the game designers basically play test the game mainly at normal and heroic was attacked on? Um, kind of. I don't know setting?
0: because there's another mode after Nightmare. heroic yeah. that is apparently even harder. Yeah. So I don't know if it is tacked on. I think that you might be onto something like. Maybe they made normal mode, and in their playtest thing, everyone was like, "This is too
1: easy." Maybe when we finish, we find that there's a new, new, new game plus mode where we carry all of our stuff over. Oh God, I like. I so, mean, it's so easy to do it in an app, but then for sure you would want heroic or nightmare in that setting. Some people, you know, I, I do that with video games. I'll run it through again if I really like the game, just to hmm. experience the story again. But we don't know because we haven't finished it. It could be something. Maybe someone- Dude,
0: you just—that's crazy. Because like I think about all the content that's in the box and all the items all the trinkets all the armor that we haven't unlocked yet right what if it is a carryover type thing it's like oh congratulations you beat it on normal
1: right now game.
0: try it on heroic and you start off with all this stuff mm-hmm. it's, because it's our win rate in
1: rpg game yeah
0: our win rate is terrible i think we've won like four out of 15 scenarios yeah and one of those wins being at three players and three of those wins <laughs> being on normal. So it kind of makes sense. Won, give us more credit on that.
1: I think we won two on heroic. and Sure. Let's yeah, go with that. Something like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but either way, like, it definitely just... There is obvious scaling issues. Yeah. And I don't think that those are things that are going to be able to be overcome in its current state. Um, one of the stuff that I'm really looking forward to talking about is when we do finish the last mission, which is the next play of Descent, we will be on our final mission i'm excited to talk about how do we feel about going into act two now that we kind of uncovered some warts of this game that probably won't be addressed because Mm -hmm. i don't see ffg really going out of the way to do much to revamp the app or the difficulty scaling but we'll save that for another episode because i'm sure we could talk about that for a while. I think long i will
1: time. crowdsource it a little bit by going on the forums probably after this and just seeing what other people's opinions are at two players on heroic and see if mm. they switch back to normal or if they kept, they found something that we didn't discover that, you know, kept the kept them let them keep grinding through the the campaign on heroic and not struggle
0: as much <laughs> as we did. Yeah, so i mean today's mission was a dud we failed miserably yeah uh it wasn't that it wasn't fun but it was just frustrating because i could not see a path to victory yeah honestly even if we knew exactly what to do and how to do it ahead of time Mm -hmm. i still think we would have cut it really close just Mm -hmm. because of the way that the mission forced us to like play it out right so all in all I still really love the game. Still yeah. a good nine. It it's makes, been fun.
1: It, it made me think too. Yeah, so I still have it at nine out of ten because you know we. This is my most played game in the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're like forty two hours as of today. Mm-hmm. Um, but it made me think about like in the future, like or another topic that we probably want to touch on is like when do you house rule a game, especially with co ops? Because oh, yeah. like we, that's not a topic that I think we'll get into today. But that's something that uh, it made me think about.
0: Th- don't worry. This topic's gonna come up when we play and review Bloodborne.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's true. That's coming up soon-ish. A little
0: teaser for you guys, I guess. Yeah.
1: Bloodborne <laughs> doesn't get enough love, so we're going to give it a yeah. lot of love soon.
0: But as soon as we finish the Descent campaign, uh, we might, you know, play a game and talk about it in between Descent and Bloodborne, but that's going to be the next big game that we're going to play and talk about. So it's kind of a... I guess it's been out for a little while now, but I'm... Yeah, fall-ish. yeah but, you know, it's it's a... We'll, we'll have a lot to talk about it. We'll yeah. save it for then. Yep. But... Uh, this does segue into kind of like the short topic discussion that we want to talk about today, which is actually solo gaming. So one of the things that kind of led to this was Johnny actually owns a copy of Descent, even though I have one and we've been playing mine because mm. it's fully painted. Yeah. And he bought it with the intention of soloing. So you like the game forces you to play solo, but two handed. Yeah, and There's you no tried. True solo. Yeah, and you tried it three handed. Right. What do you think? Or what, what were your thoughts?
1: Uh, I have six hours logged in the solo campaign. All three handed. Um, it was pretty good. It was. It was still good. Um, going through just uh, the the basic entry, early missions because we had, I think I were, we we're, maybe, four or five missions behind because I didn't want to like, outpace our me and Dudley's campaign. So I was just getting through to just get experience with other characters that way. I'm more familiar with them. At three-handed, it was fine in the early chapters. I think I'm on maybe f- mission five or four. Right now. Uh, probably mission five, I think. Mm-hmm. And at three-handed, after you've unlocked a few things, like, whew, it's a doozy. Because when you're managing three characters and their abilities, because each character has an ability, then you flip, they have a secondary ability. And then you have your their two to uh, skill cards, plus their weapons. You're managing typically four cards per character.
0: And all the fatigue you all have to juggle to.
1: So once we got that, once we got enough XP to unlock that third one for the characters, like, my brain melts. Like, <laughs> like I can't process the tactical spacing of, like, I can do it, but, like, it felt more work than fun at that point. So three-handed would not recommend for solo. Yeah, so this... But I'm sure big brains can do it. Just, yeah. I'm not there.
0: But this is crazy, though, because, like, they... You know, you can advertise a game as any co-op game can be soloable. Yeah, it you just depends four, on yeah. yeah how many hands you want to play. And to play Descent at its minimum player or hand count, which is two, and now we realize that there's a scaling issue or a potential scaling mm-hmm. issue. I definitely can't recommend it as a solo game. Like, yeah. and to, for you, like you know, you you play Arkham and Marvel three handed. If you can handle that, and you don't want to like not three two handed. I know, yeah. but still. But you can't three you you don't want to three hand descent. And
1: those, and those games are more complex than descent without sure. like support any
0: as yeah. well. Yeah. So it's like I just don't see how anyone would want to play descent solo or solo. Two handed is a suboptimal player but if you want
1: Like a more lighter dungeon crawl, because you know, the idea of two handing Gloomhaven is oh, more yeah. brutal already, That's in my insane. opinion. So Descent gives if you if you're a comfortable two handing um descent on normal and if it's too easy you can always go up to heroic like us because normal three-handed was a really challenge because i i didn't i did definitely did not do heroic three-handed solo on descent because that it's not
0: gonna work uh that's a good point too i forgot that if you do play solo you could play two-handed on normal Mm -hmm. and maybe that's just enough like like a mental tax to make it really challenging without it just being like yeah completely oppressive that's a good point i guess i will take that back i i still can't make that recommendation because i won't play descent solo the mm-hmm. rp and the like the table talk has been the majority of the fun for me yeah but i could see how you know someone else might enjoy mm-hmm. it just not me yeah but you know one of the things that I've realized over the last year, actually since the pandemic was, I never thought that I was a solo gamer. Yeah, you've picked it up And a now I'm suddenly like playing a ton of yeah, stuff actively solo. actively seeking out solo stuff. And the most the most fun part about this is me and you are on opposite ends of solo gaming.
1: Yeah, because I started out soloing because when I first started board gaming, you know, I had a very small group. Um, we met and up for like pandemic. We played some competitive Euros and trashy games and stuff like that. But we had a very small collection and then as, you know, I expanded into playing all these new games constantly, cult of the new stuff, I didn't have enough people to play with, so I would always look for a game with solo mode. So I'm more of a solo gamer that graduated into more multiplayer games how I would say. So my my roots are more in solo gaming.
0: Yeah. So, versus you
1: was your social experience. Oh yeah. Um, looking for group group environment before you started solo gaming. That wasn't a factor for you.
0: I only play solo games now because of the pandemic and it was an opportunity to play a tabletop game not look at a screen and actually didn't really like it at first Mm -hmm. and that's kind of really what i want to talk to you about because our tastes in games are similar yeah we we, overlap we both lean towards opposite ends of the spectrum for our our true like ideal gaming type yeah and i think some of that comes out in solo gaming too and i'm really excited to talk about because when i first like my first two, three games of playing solo, it was Nemo's War, which everyone one. recommends Nemo's War yeah. as solo. Um Under Fallen Skies was an early one. And I'm
1: trying to think of what ones you tried.
0: I mean what was your biggest solo one? I, I played I played Marvel Champions a handful of times solo. I enjoyed it solo, mm-hmm. but it got too repetitive. And actually that's kind of like Where the meat of this topic I wanted to be. Like, I didn't discover my love for solo gaming until I realized that there was, like, one key factor that made solo games viable for me. Mm -hmm. And that was because I found out that I enjoy playing games that featured, like, either an Automa or some kind of randomized event deck. Mm -hmm. So when I was playing Nemo's War... There was a ton of randomness. If you're not familiar with the game, it doesn't really matter. Like, if you're a solo gamer, I'm sure you've heard of Nemo's War. But the thing that was so unfun for me about Nemo's War was I only played the game to score a certain threshold of points. Mm -hmm. And at certain thresholds, the game tells you, You did good. You did great. You did excellent. Mm -hmm. And that was the absolute most boring thing for me. Like... Like, I would never solo Terraforming Mars because... But a lot of people do. I know. It's a yeah. huge, it's a hugely popular yeah. solo game. And then even like any Euro that has a solo mode, like, I feel like all those games are just try to beat the score and they'll arbitrarily give you some kind of grade. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just absolutely boring. I do not enjoy those games at all. Right. But I know you do because you've been playing a ton of a feast for odin gotten really good at it i know <laughs> <laughs> like you <laughs> know <laughs> i just wanted to take that opportunity to just throw some shade at chris <laughs> i don't even know what affo is <laughs> but like um you love playing these euros where you're just trying to beat your score beat your score and i See, can't connect with that and i don't not know why the
1: score part as much like you know score gives me a, a target but that's maybe 10 percent of my enjoyment is it's actually like if it's a good mechanically, then I'm enjoying the mechanics and the puzzle it gives me. Like a Feast for Odin, because that's most recent one that I've sold. I've played it eighty times. Eighty solo games. Yeah. Eight zero. Eight zero. A Feast for Odin. I
0: played on Board Game Arena. No, so no, no, I'm not no. no. Hold on! Stop! 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 Eighty.
1: Yes. eight zero. Hopefully my boss is not listening because I started, play this a you, lot at
0: work. you literally started playing this three weeks ago. Yes. How is it possible to fit in 80 solo games of this? So, this
1: is one of those things where it's Board Game Arena. It makes it super easy. You know? But uh, still, I do 80. things. I have a little bit of downtime at work and I could probably get two three games in a, during a work day. Please, boss, if you're listening <laughs> to this, I get all my work done.
0: <laughs> I am... I, I, I am shocked, not because of the fact that you managed to do this at work, uh-huh. but 80 games of A Feast for Odin. Actually, you know what? A future topic we could talk about is uh, online implementation of games that you can solo. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you have got a lot that, of
1: thoughts on digital implementation. Yeah,
0: you've made that comment about how Board Game Arena lets you get your Euro fix, and mm-hmm. that saves all this free time for me and you to roll dice. Most definitely. It scratches that itch really well. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. I'm honestly flabbergasted at the fact that you've played 80. I thought you said 8 or 18. I was like, oh, wow, he's really into it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so scoring is maybe like 10-15% of my enjoyment, but like just the puzzle of it. So Feast is the one that I've played the most, and I like to discover new things. And so a solo game will run its course once I feel like I have mastered it, or... And I'm just spinning the wheels to hit a certain score. And if Feast for Odin, after 80 plays, I think, is at that threshold, I'll probably need to move on to something else soon here. Because uh, once I cleared 160 on it, I was like, what is... It? My goal Was originally was to clear 150, and I did that a couple of times. And then once I cleared 160, I was like, what more is there to do? Because I've kind of figured out all the optimal moves. And that's kind of that, That's fine. I've got 80 plays out of it, and I enjoy it. And, and I'm playing multiplayer is a different beast, so I'm ready to play more multiplayer of multiplayer Feast for Odin.
0: Jeez, I can't even imagine how... Like, how strong you must be at that game with 80 solo plays. (laughs) I mean, you know, multiplayer is different, I know. But just the exposure alone has got to be... Right. I don't have as much analysis
1: paralysis on it anymore. Yeah. But yeah, so the the sense of discovery in a solo game. So, what stands out from a boring solo game versus a good to great one is that you can keep discovering new things. So, you know, simple solo games that you would get tired of, or for me at least, are the very, you know, introductory co-ops like... Um, Pandemic, uh, Forbidden Skies, and Island, those, island games, those, are those, those are fun, you know, I'll bust out with, with my parents who are older, or something like that, if I just to hang out and play, enjoy time with them, but, you know, I sold it once or twice, I was like, this is fun, but then you can kind of see already the patterns, and you kind of, and for me, when I play certain games, like, I, I always fall into a pattern, like, I like a certain play style, like, if, for Castles of Burgundy, when we solo it, I like to build a lot of estates, and I like to combo those estates into big turns. Um, Even though, you know, going heavy animals or something like that will give you a lot of points, I will still kind of gravitate to that one strategy. Once I've done that, and I feel it's starting to feel samey, I move on. My threshold for that samey feeling is much higher than Dudley's. It's
0: infinitely higher. Yeah,
1: so when I play certain games for solo, it has to be... The rules overhead has to be relatively... um, medium to not nothing too crazy heavy like i've tr- thought about solo anachrony as my next one but the setup on it uh maybe if they do a board game arena version i'll play a ton of that but setup running an automa and that seems a little bit more work for me so basic solos where you just know the mechanics and you're trying to just trying to score run an engine that's right up my alley for a solo game
0: so this actually kind of like led me into a bunch of questions about solo gaming yeah that I had no intention, I had no inkling to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you, and I want to pick your brain on this, because I'm actually very curious. Okay. So the first thing you mentioned here was talking about the setup for Anachrony and how that prevented you from soloing it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure A Feast for Odin would be a beast to set up. Yeah. Would you have played 80 games in three weeks of solo A Feast for Odin? Most definitely not. What if you didn't even have to work? Would you have had the... Like, let's say you just had a three-week vacation, Mm -hmm. and for some reason, this vacation put you in a vacuum with no anything other than food and a feast for Odin. So it's a pandemic. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) At least you had your wife. (laughs) Yeah. She did game with me a lot. So let's say that, you know, it's a favorable condition... Right. You're not working. You have yeah. food. You don't need to do anything. No one wants to bother you. Mm-hmm. Would you have still cracked out eighty plays of a feast for Odin over those same amount of times?
1: No, I don't love that game that much. To, yeah. The,
0: so the physical component of
1: it. So essentially,
0: of... board game arena enabled you to play a lot of mm-hmm. a feast for Odin. Yeah. So that's something that's good to note because as a solo gamer, like, where do you draw the line of playing? a Feast for Odin on Board Game Arena versus playing, you know, Doom, Call of Duty, Mm -hmm. any other actual PC game that you may or may not find as entertaining. Obviously, you know, Feast for Odin's a Euro, it's a puzzle, you're using your brain a lot more than you are playing Fortnite or Call of Duty. Right. But how do you choose to play a Feast for Odin over some of these other games? Which I also understand because you did it at work. You're not going to... Play a round of Call mm-hmm. of Duty at yeah. work, right? You can play a feast for Od- Odin over a series of turns over a whatever. Yeah, I can amount pause of time like you
1: need. whenever you look at my log times, I'm yeah. like, yeah, like, oh, he played ten hours on that one game. I didn't play ten hours on it. I took a turn and then I did my job. Yeah, you and then worked. I came back to it. <laughs> of course,
0: yeah, and I mean I think that's a perfect situation for mm-hmm. your line of work, but it makes me wonder like for anyone who is playing solo tabletop games on Board Game Arena at home mm-hmm. or in their leisure do you see kind of like a delineation on how or when you would choose those scenarios yeah. would you have played that much affo on board game arena in that same situation at home no because
1: setup up physical components setup up tear down mm-hmm. and then looking at there's a i call it big box conundrum like anachrony is in a huge box it's got more <laughs> content than i'll ever get through but the base game, I can set up in five minutes. And if I look through the solo play, add a couple minutes and I can set up and I can get rolling with it. But every time I see that big box, it's like a Feast of Owens box. It's, yeah. It feels more work than pleasure for me. Dude, the
0: Anachrony box is like four times as big as the box. I think it's bigger Owens. than the Gloomhaven box.
1: box. Or it's the same size as the Gloomhaven box, Infinity box there. Yeah. But yeah, so like solo gaming is tricky because, you know, the bigger box, more involved games, those, you know... I, I'll set it up if I'm really itching for it, and I'll play it once. Uh, I've done it in Caverna, Agricola, back in the Everdell. I played solo. And I'll set it up and I have a great time doing it. But that one play usually is enough to satisfy me because I have to, when you reset in real life, that takes some time. There's a little bit of time that you have to do It all adds up to me. And it, and it it's kind of that balance of work to the fun ratio. And solo gaming is still fun, but the setup and cleanup... And manipulating the physical stuff, it just feels more work than, for me than usual. Because I'm at the point where I hate punching out new board games right How time. dare you? Like
0: That's I, the best part about playing board games. I know, games. I
1: know. But when your collections are in the uh, hundreds and you, you know, shuffle through hundreds of games, it just
0: feels more work than usual. Alright, hypothetical situation. Same mm-hmm. thing. Three weeks, no work. You don't go anywhere. You don't need to go anywhere. You have all the food you need. Mm-hmm. There's no computers or movies out okay would you still play a feast for odin on board game arena yeah
1: i would i did it when i was on vacation this week when i was out three days i was playing on my phone okay you're a savage
0: that's (laughs) but that's that's kind of really what i want to know because like you know we were getting to a point where at least for me i'm discovering how much i enjoy solo gaming Mm -hmm. and then you're not you are already enjoyed solo gaming and now you found a way to be the true Euro mind that you are to make solo gaming even more efficient than it was before.
1: 100%. I don't That's think me.
0: I'll ever reach that point because yeah. the games I like to solo... Well, you have more hobbies hard. than I do, I think. Eh, it doesn't matter. But it's <laughs> I think it's, it's good to note because, like, if you truly enjoy solo gaming and you cut out all the setup, all the teardown, and just yeah. get on Board Game Arena or whatever to play, mm-hmm. like... That's awesome. Oh, also, Board Game Arena, if you're listening, we are available for sponsorship. Yes, please. (laughs) But I think it's great that you found a niche. Yeah. And it it brought up a question that I hadn't thought about when we started this podcast. And it's kind of cool to hear that you fit in 80 games in three weeks. I haven't even done eighty games this year. It doesn't year. sound
1: as crazy until I think about it now. I know. It is I, I stopped, still can't get over I it. I stopped logging the plays for it. I usually don't log digital games unless I own it and, you know, I can set up physically. And I was doing it a little bit in the beginning to see to track my progress with Feast of Odin, but once I it, like ten plays, I was like, this is too much work. I stopped logging it. I mean I
0: get it. Like Yeah. Yeah. I own Marvel Champions and I have I think like a like it's my most played game I don't mm-hmm. own it anymore but I'm at like 50 60 some odd plays yeah and I guarantee you probably 20 to 30 of those were all done on tabletop simulator mm-hmm. if board game arena or some kind of website made a more streamlined automated like playing your phone money, yeah whatever I could play want. on my phone or like you know it's just it does a lot of the upkeep for you rather than physically doing it on yeah. TTS. I probably would have gotten a hundred plus plays of Marvel Champions because it's a great game. Yeah. But you know, kind of circling back to talking about me playing solo Marvel Champions actually leads me to my exact next question. Excellent segue, Johnny. Thank you. But so you mentioned that you reached a point with a Feast for Odin that you don't feel like there's anything left to offer on solo mode. Yet. So yeah, on solo mode. So is that? I mean, obviously getting. 80 plays of it on board game arena. You got an incredible return on your $10, one month, $10 $1 subscription. Month, I think yeah, yeah. whatever. Like, you got an incredible return on that. But do you look at that for other solo games? Maybe ones that you play as a physical solo game. If you even play physical solo games anymore, now yeah. that you have 80 plays of a feast for Odin in three yeah. weeks.
1: That's why I'm looking for on our board game arena. I've looked through their solo catalog um you know there's guy project where i never tried but there's a few games i want to try but same thing rules overhead i'm at the i'm at the point in my gaming life at the moment where i'm happy with what i have and i just want to work on my shelf with shame play the games i like already and then board game arena is that supplement to it
0: that cuts me deep bro <laughs> cuts me deep i mean I'm, i play
1: all the new games i do because introduce you, so i trust his opinion okay, that's all I but care about. but you know if he introduces me a dud then he's back to ground zero. Oh god a lot of pressure there I'll try not to.
0: Hey, you, you're you're waiting on Massive Darkness two to come in, so oh, you're on the you're stressing on the about that one. Yeah, but um, okay, so that kind of makes me think about my own taste in solo, solo board gaming. Mm-hmm. So you evidently enjoy playing games to beat the score because you're exploring all the different avenues to get to this score yeah, you trying...
1: that discovery is the yeah. best part about playing board games in any type of game for me it's just finding new ways to approach it but so, once it's been optimized then i want to play competitively typically
0: ah so yeah. i'm kind of on a different boat than you here because like i do enjoy discovering new things in games mm-hmm. but i realized that with marvel champions I felt like it was the same, I guess, like, flow of gameplay, mm-hmm. like the same cycle over yeah. and over. Well, tell know?
1: the audience where you left off in the cycle, well, at least. I think you stopped right before Galaxy's Most Wanted.
0: No, I own Galaxy's Most Wanted. But you never got to it. Or you no, got to like I never... Rem-
1: or you played, like, a... I played,
0: like, I think two of the Bardock first like I, I mean, let's be real here. The campaign mode for those games is... It's whatever. On a bit. Yeah. I mean it's it's cool that you can yeah. carry over some. Marvel stuff. is
1: a, that's my opinion's handalone.
0: Oh, for sure. It's a one shot every time you it's easy to set up. In in theory, Marvel Champions would have been a perfect solo game because there's a steady stream of content, mm-hmm. the theme is on point, and there's a lot of like modularity to the side scheme the encounters, right. the bosses, the difficulty, the heroes and the aspects. Mm-hmm. In theory, this was the perfect game. Right. But the problem that I had with Marvel, which I can translate to games like A Feast for Odin and honestly a lot of Euros with Mm -hmm. solo play, is that even though it is different, it still felt the same, you know? It's like I would pick my hero, build the deck, and oh, I'm playing leadership, you know? I'm going to play an ally-heavy build, or I'm Mm -hmm. playing protection, I'm going to play like a CC-heavy build. Mm -hmm but the game is still mitigate thwart, right kill the boss it's and, the most
1: accessible lcg on the market
0: oh i mean i yeah. i agree and i love i love playing marvel champs yeah. i still would play but marvel champs then that's like accessibility
1: is compromising depth
0: a little that's bit simple. yes so you know you talk about how you really enjoyed exploring all these things in a feast for odin and you reached like the end point I kind of feel the same way with Marvel Champions. That's... I experienced everything I needed to experience. I'm sure there's a lot of new heroes that came out with like really innovative mechanics. Like I'm a huge X-Men fan and with the recent announcement of like the mm-hmm. X-Men expansion, I looked at the cards and I'm like, "Oh, this is cool. This is cool." And then but the first thing that crossed through my mind was still manage threat, kill the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And there's a different way of doing it but I feel like the exploration space in that is just so quickly exhausted for me. Yeah, and I see what I, you needed to see. I can't explain why. No, that's
1: know? a I think that's a normal, valid point for a lot of any game, almost. Um, so that's why, you know, co-ops and euros, I think you hit that threshold way faster than you do in, like, a Forbidden Stars competitive game where you play, yeah. you know, three or four times a year. Like, if you play Forbidden Stars every day or... Once oh, a would, week. It would, would probably it would probably fall from number one
0: eventually. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Part of I mean you're absolutely right. Part of the reason why some of these games are still at the top is because I haven't got enough place to explore it. Mm-hmm. You know, probably the only game that has even cracked double digits in my top five is Root. Mm-hmm. And Root's just, there's so much to explore still. We need but,
1: to play the new stuff. Yeah, I know. As a full game.
0: Funny enough, one of the complaints that for people who do I I've heard two things. I've heard people say that. You don't really know what root is like until you've logged in 30 plays. And I I feel like that might be an exaggeration. I've logged 30 plays. But I'm I'm at like 16 or 17. Yeah. I feel like I know root pretty well, although my win rate would indicate otherwise. <laughs> but it's like like I've also heard people say that once you reach a certain point in root, it feels very mechanical. Like mm-hmm. you know what like it's just there's not as much freedom in the system as there are in other games just because of the way it's designed. I like death? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So I'm curious to get to that point. And whenever we do get to that point, I'm definitely going to talk about it. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. But anyways, I want to get back. Yeah, I want to yeah. stay on topic with solo gaming because this has been surprisingly interesting to kind of reflect about. on some of the stuff you told me. And then I try to, put it on my like my own situation because right now i'm my favorite hands down favorite solo game is imperium classics and legends one final girl you were about to say final girl yeah so here's the thing i really enjoy the play of final girl Uh and i like the modularity with the locations and the bosses and it's super fun every time but it's i can see that as i log more plays of it it's gonna fall into the same trap of what do I need to do? Kill the bo- kill the bad guy, and how do I do, I do it? it? I gotta find a way to do it. It's a little bit different in than Marvel because Marvel's like variability came from the villains, the heroes, and your Ground aspects. Deck. Yeah, but Final Girls modularity comes from the locations, which all pose like an interesting like obstacle. Yeah. Event deck. Yeah, and the event deck you because you only use a limited amount of the cards from the deck. Yeah. It actually makes it feel really different. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge compliment towards Final Girl like in the design of creating replayability. Yeah. But I am absolutely obsessed with Imperium. And it's the weirdest thing because in a vacuum I don't see this as a game that I enjoy as much as I do. Yeah, it's
1: still weird. It's, I, don't, I don't know too much about the game. I know it's a card game. Yeah. Um, maybe you can tell me a little bit more, like, just a general overview on how Solo works for it. Is
0: so like- Imperium Classics and Legends are the same game, but uh, each, each, I guess, standalone expansion or standalone game has a different set of factions. And you're playing historical civilizations, and it's a Tableau engine builder game. Okay every turn there's a market you're buying cards you're uh playing cards and trying to activate these card effects to score points Mm -hmm. and just all the stuff i'm saying about it right now is the opposite of everything i've been complaining about for the last 20 30 minutes yep but here's the thing this game hooked me so hard because it has a I won't say difficult Automa despite there being a lot of people who complain that the Automa is really fiddly to run mm-hmm. but David Turcy yeah, designed it and honestly it is brilliant because you play a faction that has a very like unique playstyle and the game wants you to force like to force your engine to run this victory like you're not going to play like you the know Romans? You want to conquer? Yeah, it's, of, yeah, that's exactly it. You do mm-hmm. want to conquer, and you're not going to be able to play them with a different strategy and they expect like, to succeed. Like
1: Egyptians, where you're building like monuments. I haven't
0: played the Egyptians yet. I'm just, I'm just ideas. Yeah, I have you're for you're, you're of. kind of on point actually, yeah. because I've played the Romans, the Persians, and the Macedonians. Yeah, the Romans and the Persians are kind of similar, but even amongst the two of them, like my strategies were different, mm-hmm. and then based on what automa you're playing against the brilliance of this solo design isn't that the automa is just a generic thing it is faction specific but it has a little note card where it has a tiered list and it basically tells you like oh if it's not if the card that you draw which is actually the deck of the ai mm-hmm. If it doesn't have this symbol, then go to the next step. If it doesn't have this, go to the next step. And whenever you reach a matching symbol or condition, you resolve what it does. And it creates a absolutely different play every single time. Because when I was learning the game, I was playing the Romans versus the Persians. And I could see where the Persians were trying to score points. And I had to try to stop it. And each faction plays so differently, even as the player and as the Automa. You're constantly thinking about, like, what could I have done better? How do I tackle this? And because the cards come out randomly and the Automa, like, set like of actions and what it does is so specific, it feels like I am legitimately playing another person. Mm. And granted, they're is a it's i mean it's a euro. There's a pretty minimal amount of player interaction. Okay. But they do enough where I remember multiple yeah, multiple situations where I'm just like this is literally the absolute worst time they could have played this card and mm-hmm. it just absolutely like scored them 20 something points. Yeah. And it sucks because like I see how this card was coming. I yeah. knew it was coming. I know it's in the deck and I just could not stop it and i am just absolutely obsessed with that game despite it really having the same like type of things that i've been complaining about about playing for score mm-hmm. playing like i mean it's a euro i don't i'm not a gigantic euro fan yeah. but i love this game and yeah. i i'm actually interested in trying it two players with you sometime just to see if it's as good as at two players as it is solo mm-hmm. but i don't know where the like differences because compared to final Girl, they couldn't be on more opposite ends of the yeah. spectrum
1: is it the engine building in imperium that no absolutely oh, okay. not i so, sound like that's the core mechanic of it it is
0: but the thing is it's so like the interaction
1: with the automa is what is yeah selling to, to i you think, think
0: it's i think it's like i mean we've talked about this before i love games with event decks mm-hmm. you know like spirit island was fine yeah but when i added branch and claw and they introduced the event deck that generated some randomness yeah then it became more of a tactical game. Yeah. And Imperium to me feels like a good combination of strategy and tactical. Mm-hmm. Because I know what I need to do and how I need to do it. But they are constantly throwing wrenches into my plans and I have to deal with it. Yeah, And I love that. And I don't know if there's like a very specific niche of solo games that can fill this. But, you know, right now, it's, like, I want to play more, like, it's currently rated as an 8 for me, mm-hmm. and I'm, I am I should, it really should be a 9 or a 10. Like, yeah. I, I I love playing it. We wow. gotta play it sometime. Sounds,
1: it sounds like, um, other games I've played, like, uh, was it Imperial Settlers, uh, Empires of the North, both of them, multi-faction, different uniques, engine building, but their solo modes, I don't remember them having an autumn. I think Imperial, Empires of the North had a has solo where it had kind of an automa system
0: mm-hmm. but i
1: can't remember beyond that because I've, I've sold them since or i've graduated from them <laughs> since then
0: yeah so it's like i feel like we are more similar on this particular aspect of solo. Well, i like
1: i like both aspects i like some games benefit from I like great western trails Autumn system is great like yours mm-hmm. like they, it, they will pick one of the three three um three three character or three builders that they can um that they'll, they'll work towards it. either they'll do the engineers the builders or the cowboy strategy mm-hmm. and then that's the, the that's the, the route they'll go so they either you if you're playing against it you got to pay some of the cowboys or you have to um, pivot to builders and engineers because they're just so heavily cowboys and they still put up buildings to block you so it feels like you're playing a real opponent that see game. i feel and like it I... feels great at that like i if it was, great, it was just Hey, try to build yourself, make the most efficient route. I don't think I would have enjoyed that version as much. So because Grapers and Shell, when I play multiplayer, which is my favorite game bureau of all time, is that I like the interaction, indirect interaction that we get from it. Like when I play, oh, Dudley just built this bill and he taxes. Do I give him the money? Do I work around it? Mm-hmm. And how do I pivot my strategy to a different route? That way we're not competing for the same objective. Or can I do that objective better? And those are all things I, I, f- I factor in. That's kind of the fun of that puzzle. And the solo in Graves Trail offers that. And it's great solo if no one's tried that yet.
0: I feel like I would enjoy that actually. Because, yeah. like, if, like, I like playing games and I like playing against people. And I feel like if the game can emulate, like, a human opponent, Yeah. I think that automatically makes it more viable for yeah. me, the solo. That
1: kind of traces back to your root as a, you know, you're more, you play for that group interaction. Yeah. And if the solo offers a similar experience via an automa... It's going to be way better than beat your own score. Like yeah. Agricola solo mode, I, it taught me the game. I love it, but, you know, trying to beat your score from round to round while carrying over your abilities, great. But after you've hit a certain threshold, like similar free throw, I'm not sure I would ever go back to playing Agricola solo unless it's maybe online or versus like a, like an app or something like that.
0: Yeah. So the game that I have in mind right now to kind of talk about between me and you is like Under Falling Skies. I owned We've it. We both played it. I played it. I you gifted, it. gifted you a copy. Took a year to play. I, yeah, why do you, and it's funny I didn't too. trust his taste at the time. I know, that was, that's I the most hurtful thing, it. because you played and you're like, wow, this was incredible. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I know, I knew exactly Thanks you were Thanks for the like gift, it. Chris. <laughs> but, um, I liked Under Falling Skies. Mm-hmm. The puzzles and the mechanic was great. Yeah. The actual, like, like the one-shot part, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But when it came to, like, yeah, repeated plays of the solo play... It hit that same issue.
1: It kinda of hit the same for me too. I'm doing
0: the same thing every time. Because
1: I kinda know I need to do this. Yeah. The opening move to at least get yeah. this track up
0: you try to get to a certain score right. or, or I guess yourself. in under under fallen size you have to survive a certain, certain amount of, of score. Wave, yeah. Yeah. And it just felt the same mm-hmm. every single time. Right. You know what? You Did made you me realize all of it? No. I, I made it like maybe three scenarios right around. Yeah. I liked the game. It mm-hmm. was fun. But I had no reason to keep going because it didn't feel like it was going to offer me anything new other than like, new in this scenario, you can't use this dice. Or in this yeah. scenario, add one or minus one to, you know, just some BS yeah, very, modifier. Yeah. But I think one of the things that you kind of made me realize too now is thinking about Imperium and why that's considered a dry Euro. Mm-hmm. Like, like there is a theme and it kind of
1: yeah. historical themes aren't the most yeah flavorful.
0: It, 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 it could have just been you know generic abstract and it probably wouldn't have been that different yeah but i think the fact that in imperium i am forced to think about the faction i'm playing the faction that i'm playing against and how i need to modify my strategy to win and because between the two boxes there's a total of 16 different factions i could play the romans against 15 different factions a different and my path to victory could be very different. Yeah. I don't know yet because I've only played three because I'm trying to beat the one before moving on. Yeah, Not been great. But I really like that little sense, you know, mm-hmm. to talk about the sense of discovery. Yeah. That discovery is there every time I play. Yeah, Maybe when I play, you know, say I played the Romans versus the Persians like four times before I beat it. Yeah. And it was different every time because of the way the cards came out. But I'm sure if I got... 10 plays against the persians i'm like i know how to beat them you know i've solved this and i guess in essence every game can be solved over time yeah any game but it's just with 16 factions the automa the way it is Mm -hmm. it's it feels enough like i'm playing a real person that i don't know if i will reach that yeah. Within a reasonable amount of time. Right. I mean, will I get 80 plays in before I give up on it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not, yeah. But, like, I think that's the thing that's missing from games like Under Falling Skies, Nemo's War, uh, what other solo game? I soloed Marvel, mm-hmm. Solo Final Girl.
1: You did not any of the euros you used to own, did you?
0: No, I, I man, definitely not. Just the idea of beat just playing to beat my score yeah. was completely yeah. irrelevant. Like, I, I was not interested at all in yeah. that. Like, it's just not the style of game I want to play, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, to me, it equates to, like, Sudokus, I guess. Yeah, just,
1: that's, that's your analogy, usually.
0: Yeah, it's... I mean, I li- like, I like Euros. I'll play Euros anytime, you know. You mm-hmm. pull out anything that you want to play, and I'm, I'm happy to try it, or I'm happy to indulge. But just playing for score just is not that exciting and i think that's like a big difference between our tolerance since you're a euro focused player yeah versus me
1: right but, yeah I, I like both systems automa mm-hmm. it just depends on how much work is the automa yeah like if it's you gotta do like oath's automa was brutal you,
0: like can oath be played solo yeah oh as a solo
1: God. mode but the, but the automa is like similar to what you said about imperium there's symbols and then when it does this that you have to trigger and you have to follow this complex branch uh, yeah. and kudos to anyone that can play that one solo but Jeez. not not for me on that one
0: i feel like you'd miss out on a lot of what makes oath special if you played it solo. yeah for sure
1: it just depends on how complex i I'm, I'm trying to think of like that's the most complex one um, maybe is complex too I've kind of glazed over some of the auto rules for that one and it felt like it's not too heavy but a little bit more work than it needs to be mm-hmm. um, something simple auto wise that I enjoyed once upon a time is Wingspan's Automo was pretty fun for a while
0: oh yeah I've never um, tried
1: it solo but Wingspan got kind of old for me after a while so I've it's left my collection as well <laughs> there was... so that's the thing with most solo games you, know, you can play it, it gets you the fix because you don't have someone to play it with or it's just something that you just want to pull out once in a while just kind of relax and play but if the Automa feels like too much work, or it's kind of predictable, after, because I think Wingspan has, what, 10 Automa cards? And you can kind of play around it, you know how to, yeah. how to manipulate the system after a while too. I mean, it's a lighter game. Yeah. Yeah. No knock against it, it's just, you. You can it can go stale
0: after a while too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I want to find more games like Imperium. I, I really enjoyed solo gaming. I'm actually, like, kind of, mm-hmm. ga- like before... Well, you
1: like engine building. You like table building do. already, so... But adding that Automa, I
0: think, is what seals the deal for it, solo-wise. For yeah. You. Oh, man. it's I, I, I do want to try it, two players, see yeah. if it is any good. But mm-hmm. I uh, never thought that having a... Because, you know, you hear this question a lot on Reddit and BGG, like, does a game having a solo mode or a co-op mode or make whatever it make it more, like, interesting for you to buy? And I think that, in general, I was I used to be, a like, a fervent no. hmm but now there's certain games where I'm like, huh, maybe I could try this solo. But I will say for me, I will only play one-handed solo games. Yeah. If it requires true, playing, true solo for yeah. You. If it requires playing two-handed, I am completely
1: disinterested.
0: Like disengaged. I do not feel any kind of like connection to what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just that it. It like goes back to the puzzle aspect. It's like I'm just playing a puzzle. I'm not taking ownership of yeah. you know, being rolling banks running through, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's just yeah. that's the only way I can do it.
1: Some of you awesome know, players are we're fortunate we have enough people to, to game with that we can always choose to play a game at least two players or multiplayer. Yeah. But some people maybe they live far apart and they live in more rural areas. Yeah, no choice. Solo.
0: What are your favorite solo games right now?
1: A Feast Rodin!
0: I thought you said you were done with
1: that. I mean, well, it's the favorite because <laughs> i played it so much. But things I want to try soloing next. Like, yeah, I'm like... Green Western you... Trail, I would love to play more. I keep refreshing Board Game Arena looking for a solo mode on it.
0: It's It doesn't... I, I know it just got on Board yeah, Game Arena. Yeah, it just Marina.
1: got on. We played some multiplayer. It's been great. Uh, mm-hmm. But sometimes I just want to play it and I just do want to play it with and I don't feel like sitting through... I don't like playing turn-based ones on board game arena i might have to wait like six hours between Ugh. someone else to make a move yeah so i try not to do too much of that and then i don't have time at work obviously to play a term um, a, fa- a real-time one because i might be gone for an hour and they'll skip over 10 turns for me or something like yeah. that so i'm looking forward to a solo mode of that but that's probably a really good one any co-op like bloodborne i, I like solo as well but playing co-op with that one is a much better experience so i'm always yeah. kind to of gravitate towards the optimal experience versus
0: and also so. you have to play bloodborne two-handed too
1: oh yeah that's also something they have to two hand yeah, yeah two handing i don't mind at all as long as it doesn't feel like that's because
0: you're smart no i just <laughs> conditioned for it so um i just got burn cycle in uh-huh. and uh listening to some reviews online they say that solo is actually probably the best way to play all right and it has me. a true so- how can i teach you it's a solo game <laughs> No, we're gonna play we're gonna play burn cycle soon like i love ctg but Everyone says... Well, not everyone. A couple people have said that it's awesome solo. Mm-hmm. And it kind of has those like... A similar feel to maybe like Final Girl. Where you're trying to survive modular scenarios. Yeah. I don't know yet. I only did like a quick learning game mm-hmm. with uh, playing two-handed. Which was a struggle, by the way, for me. Yeah. But I'm excited to try it solo. Gonna come back. But you know, right now, number one solo game, Imperium. Number two, Final Girl. And I can't even think of a number three because I don't solo that much. Don't solo, yeah. But
1: you've got plenty of solo plays in the past
0: year. Oh yeah. I mean I've I've played more solo games this last what six, five months mm-hmm. than I did my entire board gaming career. Yeah. It's just like I think the pandemic forced not forced, but it enabled a lot of designers to create solo games. And open up your
1: spectrum a little bit to, to games that like you might be accepted. Also to. true too.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like uh it going from most solo games being kind of like just tacked on to some Euros to and now they are designing games with solo plays right. only in mind. And that was
1: kind of early on too when when, we, when I was going through like Kickstarter frenzies. Like it had to have a solo mode or if it has solo mode and the game looked okay, I would still be interested in and I'd still back it kind of deal. Yeah. But nowadays, most games I think, most designers know there's a big market for solo gaming. So it doesn't feel as tacked. Sometimes it can be tacked on. You kind of have to watch out for it. But if they have it designed from the opening get go versus, you know, this is a stretch goal for solo mode, then it's more likely to be at least solid. But the ones that are like, oh, if you unlock this, then we'll add a solo mode that Ugh. we design after the fact. That's how you I'm know very it's skeptical about You know, there's some can be, some will turn out, maybe fine. But yeah. um, usually you can rely on, you can always rely on the board game community to create a, a really good solo mode too. Because I think Great Western Traveler, for example, that was community driven and then they implemented the second edition.
0: Hmm, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay so the original great western trail didn't have a solo mode
1: someone created a solo deck that was printable and then they incorporated it into second edition
0: so it's kind of it's a coincidence that you mentioned that because on tuesday the batman gotham city chronicles season Uh three is coming out and like they did the same thing some guy on bgg created a solo deck Mm -hmm. and it was kind of like you know kind of similar to imperium where you know you go down the list do as much as you can and then that's the solo play well, the designers or the publishers took this and was like, this is pretty good. Like, we'll make this a legitimate play mode for this game. Yeah. And I'm very excited because now it turns Batman Gotham City Chronicles from a one V all yeah. to a fully co-op or a soloable game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I will ever solo it, mostly because that the setup for that game is pretty intense. Yeah. But it does definitely make me interested in the co-op play because I enjoyed our play of it. Yeah. But one V all me being the owner of the game and the more experienced one made it so that I almost always had to be the one because I knew the rules the best. Yeah. So being co-op is going to probably open things up and I'm hopes I'm hopeful because I want that game to be great.
1: Yeah. So this is the, I was brushing at time a little bit though. Like one other thing that I just want to talk about solo gaming. Like some games, gyros I think lend themselves very well to solo games because, um, if especially with if the multiplayer solitaire game, you can implement on Automa or you can do a score objective, and that's pretty mm-hmm. easy implementation. But for games like uh, Rising Sun, Blood Rage, oh, I know yeah. um, Rising <laughs> Sun had a pretty cool solo mode that Wait, I tried once upon a time. Seriously, it has an Automa deck. But those games, like you lose the essence of it when you're using um, virtual opponents with the Automa. I think because some of the, the some of those games that are multiplayer competitive, like Raisin, Rising Sun, the example I'm using, the best part is the negotiation, the trash talking that you get in the game, the and then bidding. the mechanics are good, great too. The bidding and the 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 Automa deck does a good job of kind of simulating, but you lose the essence of it. So some of those games, even though it's soloable, would you ever recommend it? No, unless this is you know you own you know that's one of your favorite games and you just can't get enough of it you just want to keep in a table and yeah maybe that's a good way to solo but i don't think every game needs a solo definitely mode. not and i think you know anyone that plays rising sun solo that's awesome but you know playing five or six real people i just I can't beat it
0: i love rising sun i had no idea how to solo like a, even a fan I, I always look for a solo mode.
1: mode back in the day for every game yeah savage yeah uh
0: i see dune imperium on your shelf yep does that have a solo mode oh
1: great great solo mode really it's app integrated mm. yeah
0: i don't like that game yeah, it's okay I, I take that back it's not that i don't like it. i mean okay.
1: i don't like deck builders but dune and dune is up there
0: have you played the arnak solo mode mm, i have not i heard good things about that
1: i think it's still i haven't played arnak that much actually to be honest oh Meh.
0: No. i mean you have dune imperium i
1: know i've always picked dune over it that's probably why
0: Is that Tyler's Deluxe Box too? That is
1: Tyler's Deluxe Box. I need to get the. That's probably the next solo game I'm going to get some plays in. Hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah, Yeah. do it. I want want to come back and touch on this uh, next recording because most likely we're going to finish Descent. Yeah. And and we'll probably do another short topic thing just because, like, there's really not that much left to say about Descent other than what we anticipate for Act Two. Right. But.
1: June's coming up. I think that's going to be a really good month for.
0: Gaming for all of us. Oh, all yeah, us. for sure. And we're going to Gen Con in August, so yeah. hopefully we'll be able to get. We catch got no refunds some. after June, so we're locked in. <laughs> it's too late, man. You book like the most expensive hotel hey, ever. There's no refunds, period. True. Sure. But I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to throw no, in there? I
1: think it was a good discussion on solo gaming,
0: you know? Yeah, I i kind well, of see
1: how you've evolved and in, or incorporated it's pretty crazy
0: you know because like you know the i want to make
1: recommendations for solo games for you in the past I,
0: I, you wouldn't need to i would never play them yeah. you know like i went from talking about how like if a solo game doesn't have a quick setup i'm not interested yeah. if a solo game doesn't have like a thematic element or play true, true solo, solo or this so many stipulations yeah and now it's like interesting i'm oh. really into it like I'm, I'm i'm gonna try burn cycle solo probably when i get home maybe mm-hmm. uh maybe tomorrow yeah but i'm into it yeah but that pretty much wraps it up for this week um okay. as always thank you everyone for listening i think that we are going to ramp up a little bit more frequent recordings coming up soon because
1: goals to get maybe at least three out i june. hope so yeah, yeah. may
0: May's may was really busy yeah but june is gonna be a like hopefully and we might do crank maybe
1: out. shorter episodes too because anytime we game now i think we're gonna try to podcast at least oh
0: yeah no absolutely if we get
1: two gaming yeah. sessions in a week together then we'll probably do like a 30 minute podcast and then all. honestly
0: as uh, with how much i've enjoyed actually doing this it's yeah. kind of a surprise to me if you brought if you said hey we have about an hour and a half, two hours left. Do you want to play a game or do you want to podcast? I think I would lean towards podcasting.
1: Especially if we just, like, if we played a really shitty game, then I might feel like, a <laughs> Hey man, was...
0: don't make me have to put an explicit filter on this <laughs>
1: podcast, dude. Yeah, I'm on my best behavior right now.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to like keep playing and talk about more. Uh, next one, I think we're going to finish Descent and then we'll talk about mm-hmm. that.
1: Yeah, once we finish Descent, I think the it's going to open gonna things go up a lot, a lot of different directions. Yeah.
0: yeah. But that's pretty much it. Thank yeah. you, everyone, for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at One Chip Wonder, all one word. I actually started a BGG guild page. I actually can't remember the guild number, but you should be able to search for us yeah. as One Chip Wonder. In there
1: right now, Two then.
0: whole members. I yeah. know. Discussion's very lively. But, you know, it's just ways it's to fun. get we exposure a lot. oh yeah like i said i don't care if no one ever listens i'm grateful for every listener but we're always open to feedback things that we yeah. can do better things you'd like us to talk about mm-hmm. maybe you want me to talk less and johnny to talk more that's going to be tough because right. apparently i like to talk
1: yeah he likes the sound of his voice
0: it's glorious <laughs> but yeah hit us up email is oneshitwonder at gmail.com we love emails All two that we've gotten from our IRL friends. Yeah. But other than that, goodbye.
1: All right. See you guys next time.